And welcome. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Man, Kevin, is who is in the studio with me this morning. Do you realize that today is the 400... Uh, I'm going to have to actually double-check this. The 430-something is time. 453rd time that that has been said on this radio station. Welcome to The Green Majority. Well, we're going to keep it going. Uh, I actually have some special plans for our 500th show. I think a nice round number like 500 uh, deserves uh, some celebration. So we're actually we're going to have some fun stuff in the plan. I'm not. Uh, we, it's not solidified yet, so we're not going to talk about it just yet. But stay tuned. If you're still listening to us, which I hope you are, 47 shows from now, which is just, uh, just under a year, of course, um, it's going to be a hell of a show. Today is also a hell of a show. We have uh, one guest, uh, which is abnormal. Generally, we try and have two. However, our guest today, I think, is going to make up for, for two people's worth of, of topic here today. Uh, our guest who's already in studio with us right now is Marcus Hines, um, who has uh, uh, been, uh, uh, according to his uh, About Us page, has been uh, dubbed the unconventional inventor. Uh, his, actual, uh, his actual title involves being an independent uh, geospatial consultant uh, and is uh, uh, also uh, a trained GIS, uh, 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 what would you call it, engineer? Yeah. GIS engineer, yeah. um, uh, which is uh, fun for me because, as you know, we uh, I know Marcus through the Center for Social Innovation, which is where our office is, uh, and I think we actually one of our, we actually initially bonded over over the fact that that I also took GIS. So uh, unlike you, I don't employ any of the the GIS knowledge uh, in a in a direct uh, job sort of way, um, but it's a, a very interesting way of looking at the world. And and like any good geographer, you've brought not one, not two, but about five different topics you want to talk about. So we're going to easily have enough to talk about for the whole show here. Uh, as I said, you brought, a, a Marcus, a number of uh, things here to talk about. But first, I would like to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background. Where, where academically and professionally are you coming from? Sure. Okay. Good morning, everyone. I am Marcus Hines, and I am I'm also a GIS consultant, but I'm also an energy manager by profession as well. So I deal with buildings, building science, and how that building is operating and performing and things like that, Yeah. And so, and one of the uh, uh, topics that you had uh, brought in, uh, among several, uh, of course, was a, uh, a, a link that you sent me to a website by the Union of Concerned Scientists, uh, and they, uh, the page that you directed me to was the Ten Personal Solutions uh, to Global Warming. I'd like to run through them, and then uh, I actually, having gone through them, already anticipate. Uh, at least six of them are going to have uh, sarcastic comments added to them by Kevin Farmer. Mm. Um, so let's work through them in order, and let's just chat through a little bit about them. So again, this is a, a list of uh, 10 personal solutions to, to global warming uh, by the Union of Concerned Scientists. Number one on the list was uh, you drive a car, uh, or the car you drive, the most important <laughs> personal climate decision, um, which I think is it was an interesting thing to, to, to bring up because there's sort of two ways of looking at that. The one first way to look at that, of course, is uh, is to take it at face value, which is yes, most people consume cars. It's a it's a large energy consumer uh, overall of energy and also in your personal life. Uh, and so, uh, how efficient it is and, and the materials used and, and and all that sort of thing is very important. And then also, you could also back up and and uh, and I'm somewhat anticipating Kevin Farmer's comments here to say that uh, consuming new goods. Um, as opposed to old goods, is not necessarily better, and in, in fact, frequently, frequently won't be. Uh, but let's start with the let's start with the sort of face value thing, which is the the legitimate um, point of view that that people are going to consume cars, and therefore, if you're going to make a purchase, what that purchase is uh, matters. So, w- how does this uh, uh, speak to you? Do you think that there are enough 
choices out there for people to make good decisions here or are we sort of picking from a list of, of the, the least bad option when it comes to uh, things like transportation? Yeah, well, I think I think much of it is in place. Everything is there. There's, uh, you know, tons of cars that are, quote-unquote, efficient for their class. And not only that, depending on where you live, you get rebates for the type of car you buy. If you buy an electric car, you know, you can you can foster some rebates on that each year. So I think that everything is there. You know, the statistics have shown that uh, we can't go on like this. You know? So I think everything is there, but... Uh, so did you want to uh, did you want to speak for yourself on that point, Kevin, or did I uh, did I make the comment that, that that you would that you would have on that? Cars are stupid. There you go. <laughs> so and, number one's and, knocked out. End of quote. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about cars, we're just not having the right conversation. Yeah. Uh, whoops, sorry, M- mic noise. <clears throat> and and I th- and and I think that's a really interesting. Uh, the reason I the reason I was uh, happy to to run through this list is 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 that the list is sort of uh, you know as I was saying it was sort of it's it's at one point very valid for people that are if you're going to make a decision and to expend resources to consume new products. These are some really helpful hints to do that. Um, but I think it's it, the sort of people, you know, who, who really swim in this topic constantly l- would look at something like this and, and kind of facepalm a little bit at the same time because it's it's kind of like if you're going to make these choices that aren't disrupting your normal habits, uh, it's just like do, do operate as normal. Um, but and when you're making those choices, you try to choose the slightly better one. So it's kind of like it's it's really good to see information like this, but it's also kind of frustrating at the same it's, time. It's the myth of, you know, the eco-friendly label, which just means our, t- our product is now slightly less toxic than it was before. It's, you know, it's an improvement, sure. But, um, you know, you can improve a lot of terrible things without making them actually good or even close to eco-friendly or green or, or sustainable, which is, I think, really the conversation we need to be having. And I would dispute, I don't know if that was you ad-libbing or something that you read about, we're reading off that list, but I, I expect you, you, your, your diet is significantly more of an impact than your choice of car. We're jumping ahead on the list here. Yeah, I can't, I can't, pull, the, I can't <laughs> pull the numbers out of thin air, but, but I, I, highly, I highly suspect if you're eating meat, um, you, you're, you're, that, 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 the consequences of that alone are going to outweigh any, any choice you make about your personal transportation. All right. So moving on to number two here, and, the, and this is something that directly relates to your uh, work, Marcus, sure. is uh, make your home airtight. It's uh, the, the article over here refer- is referencing that uh, between 15 and 25 percent uh, of the heat furnaces generate on average uh, is just basically completely wasted. And this is something with uh, en- energy efficiency within just even uh, what they call envelope sealing, I believe is the right yeah. terminology, yeah. Um, is is a, a really great example of one of those cases where you're not you know consuming a whole bunch of new products. You're just sort of fixing up the product products that you already have. And in this case, it's your home. So uh, would you please illuminate that a little more? Well, I kind of disagree with what you say. First of all, mostly in North America, a lot of our homes have furnaces twice or three times the size that they really need to be. You know, you really don't need the amount of power that it's pushing out. You'd never be able to use all of that. Secondly, if your home is not airtight or not functioning properly, it's going to be, you know, throwing out energy. It's just going to pretty much be a balloon, really. It's going to be losing energy <laughs> on a phenomenal basis. So, so what, what would you add to that piece of advice then? Is it uh, sort of do that and? I would say definitely think about investing in an energy manager. Look at uh, your house and how it's performing. Get a blower door test done if, if possible. Uh, there's quite a few of us to, to go around and 
definitely think about it if you are a homeowner seriously because not only can you get rebates from it, but uh, you can really save yourself some money and uh, reduce your carbon footprint at the same time, among other things. Uh, so number three, and I'm, I'm actually going to need your help a little bit with this one, Marcus, sure. which is the, uh, the – so number three is uh, buy a USE a programmable thermostat. What are, what are we talking about there? A thermos. Well, think of this. You don't leave home and leave the lights on. At least I hope you don't. <laughs> Step one, don't leave the lights on when you leave. Step exactly. two. Well, you don't leave all your appliances on. You turn off everything when you leave home. So why heat an empty house, really? You know, Most houses are to the point where you can leave it for a couple hours and nothing would happen. Your pipes wouldn't burst, anything like that. So... So this falls under the envelope of, of kind of like smart technology things. Kind it's of, like being yeah. able to, you know, turn to have your, your house automatically stop, exactly. uh, you know, heating when you're not home and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of thermostats on the market, uh, just emerging on the market now that uh, you can program them from your phone, your iPod, your iPad, whatever. So when you're on your way home, you know, you just get some Wi-Fi or use your own personal network and say, hey, I'm coming home. Warm me up. I'm ready. Yeah. Same thing with air conditioning because it's the same concept. So, and uh, the so number four, uh, moving along, is to uh, eat less meat, especially beef. And I think <laughs> that's that's when I'm actually going to open uh, on Kevin with this one. Uh, uh, do you have anything to say to that besides amen? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, but it's I mean it's 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 one of the topics you, I don't know. I personally stay away from as a vegetarian. Um, and and I shouldn't, but you, you, it's just one it's one of those topics that just incites a lot of. <laughs> criticism and you know <laughs> people shout that down a lot like uh, you know the the, the vegan agenda <laughs> oh, yeah there's an agenda we're sponsored by big kale yeah uh, you know and and it's just one of those things that it, there's just so much stupidity surrounding that topic that i've been shying away from it for years but it's true without a doubt i mean you can make the case you aren't you can't you can't look yourself in the mirror and say you're an environmentalist of any sh- shape, any 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 stripe, <clears throat> if you're still eating meat, and that's because it is such a it is such an, an energy intensive, water intensive, land intensive, uh, carbon intensive. You put a put a bad word out there, slap intensive on the end of it, <clears throat> and you're you're talking about <laughs> meat production, and that would be fine if there weren't already seven billion of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With with and and you got to realize you know the wealthy the, the the wealthy countries we are the major predators on this planet without a doubt we are the ones over consuming it so our lifestyle cannot go on as is it just can't and not exist in you know a world bound by the laws of physics but but yeah exactly it's just it's just not sustainable and and it, it you know sustainable activities will come to an end because they must. <laughs> It can't go on, so it will not go on. And, you know, we could plan for transitions to a saner world, or we could not, which is what we're doing. But to get back on, on track, you know, the, 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 the developing nations are becoming wealthy. And, and, and one of the things that's changing as a result of that is diets. I don't know why. Uh, there's, there's, no, there's no good evidence for the health impacts of a meat-rich diet. Um, I mean, obviously, if people aren't meeting their calorie needs, that's an entirely different story. But, the, you know, anyway... So we we can't sustain the meat production we have, and more of us are jumping on the meat bandwagon. And when you're talking about 7 billion humans uh, already consuming something that's just wildly unsustainable, this just cannot go on. And it's, it's, it's just one of the elephants in the room. It just doesn't come up very often, but it is a very, very big deal. Yeah. I like what you say about that, Kevin. I actually have an article coming out um, next week that doesn't talk about 
food or eating meat in general, but it talks about food waste. I think the, the other part of what you said is food waste. So we have all this food. It, there's so much energy and water and everything else that goes into it, but then you just throw it out. And yeah. then it goes on consuming energy again because then it has to get to the landfill. It has to decompose. You know, when it decomposes, God knows what, uh, you know, what uh, it's really releasing into the atmosphere. Oh, so. I can tell you, it wasted, if wasted food were a country, it would be, it would be the third. <laughs> globally, if wasted food were a country, it would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions on the planet. Look at that. Uh, behind only China and the U.S. Oh. And without a doubt, most of that's going to be because it produces methane, which is about 100 times more powerful than carbon dioxide exactly. as, a, as a greenhouse gas. Um, but I knew this was coming up today, and I have some, I have some articles bookmarked about this. And uh, just, to, just to actually pull a few numbers out of the air, which I'm not doing, I'm pulling them out of the public record. <laughs> um, wasted, the, the, UN, uh, the UN has estimated that uh, globally wasted food has a price tag of uh, three quarters of a trillion dollars annually. Uh, and I'm not sure, I, I, I don't, I, I haven't, it's been a while since I've read that report. I don't know if that's just the sort of the, um, the market value of the food. It's at least that, but it might be other things as well. Right. Uh, in Canada, the estimates for food waste uh, annually in this country are pegged around, the, the, the value is around $30 billion annually. Mm-hmm. But that's just, now that, that number, I do know for a fact, only quotes the, um, the market value of, of the food. And if you factor in all the things you just mentioned, the water that got wasted, the, the energy that got wasted, the, the land use issues, the actual price tag for the amount of food we waste annually in this country is closer to $100 billion. Yeah, that is true. And on this country, sorry, in this, and on this planet, like I just said, if wasted food were its own country, it would be the third largest source of greenhouse gas emissions. There are children get sold into sexual slavery on this planet because their parents can't feed them. Just think about it. If we can't solve that problem, we're idiots. We're just <laughs> idiots. And it, it, all we have to do is distribute food worth at least three quarters of a trillion dollars that we're wasting and turning into greenhouse gas emissions. If, if nothing else, we could just feed people. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen, that I've that seen, particular topic really gets me angry. <laughs> I've seen a guy in... Uh, coming out of, I believe it's Cornell, New York, mm-hmm. uh, the Cornell University. He is actually going around to restaurants and trying to take the food that they haven't sold at the end of the day. And This, was, this was one of the links you yeah, sent Yeah, this is yeah. one of the links yeah, okay. I sent you. Yeah, yeah. So I really, I believe in what he's doing. And I, I like that because, you know, not only are you wasting, not wasting food, sorry, but you're providing food, a source of life for homeless or less fortunate people. And and giving and and you know giving people an opportunity to spend their time trying to improve their situation as opposed to time just trying to basically literally survive. Exactly. Uh, And and that sort of thing. And I've been I've been doing you know a terrible thing, which is swimming around in in insane U.S. mostly U.S. but some Canadian uh, just nonsense you know, crazy right wing. And and by that mean, I don't mean, you know, anyone who was on the right side of the spectrum is crazy. I mean, the far end of the spectrum, Uh, people being, you know, we shouldn't do all these things and whatever and blah, 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 and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be like, aside from just not having common decency, it's also stupid. Right, like why, like so? What the example you sent me, just to to, to do it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna link on the show post after the show all sure. of the links that that Marcus sent along here. Yeah. Uh, but this one was a, a CNN report talking about, uh, as you said, a guy from uh, uh, New American York. University, yeah. I think New York University. 
who was doing the most obvious thing in the world. He, he had uh, three or four people, maybe there was more, but they showed three or four people going around to restaurants, mm-hmm. asking them for food they were going to throw out mm-hmm. and collecting it and giving out to people uh, that need it. <laughs> and these are the sorts of things that people do in their free time. Like people are doing, people are donating their time to do this and there's a gigantic effect. Yeah. And and what I just really wish, and I think it's a, it's a metaphor for, for you know so many things at so many different scales, is the thing is that these are now people that we don't, you know, sometimes the people on that, well, you know, welfare state this and blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is a solution that hasn't cost you anything. Right. That's improving efficiency. Costs no, nobody anything other than a, a few people who are donating their time to make this happen. And these are all people now that are not going to starve and, and, and are, are not going to then need to, at least for the food for that day, right. depend on, on government, you know, programs and welfare state and all that stuff. Yeah. So instead of just complaining that, you know, be, you know these things, you know, we shouldn't have these programs, we shouldn't support people, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have, you know, civil society or, or not that we shouldn't have civil society, but we shouldn't, the government shouldn't be, you know, doing all these things and yeah. and people can fend for themselves i think like, if we spent a little bit of time just actually like supporting these people so that they yeah. could move out of this situation maybe we wouldn't have to pay all this exactly. money for this stuff it's yeah. just yeah. I, it just makes me bonkers i think i saw a tweet uh recently from it might be cp24 uh don't quote me on this one but i think they're trying to put it's, a it's too late you're being recorded right? <laughs> i think uh there's a bylaw here that stops restaurants from destroying food that they have not used for the day. I'm not sure what needs to be done with it, but they can't destroy it. I I, I believe so. Yeah. So let's. I, I just want to add one thing to the to the food thing, and then uh, we'll move on to uh, to the next piece on this list. Sure. I, I, I want to get halfway through it here, and then and then we'll go to our first music break. But yeah. the the last thing I want to say about the the, the food thing was that the, the phrasing on the list. I. I 100% endorse, uh, not just with its content, but with its specific phrasing uh, and intent, mm-hmm. which is eat less meat, especially, especially beef. beef. Right. And what they're saying there is not, it, it's that whole thing about, you know, people say something about, well, maybe we shouldn't let convenience stores sell Uzis. And people are like, you're trying to take our guns away, <laughs> like the, the, as an American example. Yeah. You know, people are like, how about we eat just eat a little bit less beef? And by the way, if you're going to eat meat, beef is one of the worst things. People are like, you're trying to get us to never, and you, and you're trying to, ho, 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 ho. Everybody simmer down now. I I think it's completely, uh, I I don't think it's an an imposition on people to instead of eating four hamburgers a week to eat three. And if every, or if you eat two, eat one. And if you eat one, maybe try chicken. And if you eat chicken, maybe try fish. And if you eat fish, maybe go get some beans. There's a whole scale of intensity. And if we just try and each in our own personal lives, try and take one step down that ladder. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in the future, once you're used to that, if it's not too much, maybe take another step down that ladder. And it's yeah. a small effect. But if everybody did it, it would it would have a gigantic yeah. effect. Yeah. effect. effect. And, and the numbers I always look at, and Kevin, I think you'll probably be able to correct me here. But um, my understanding is that basically it oscillates between fossil fuel use and agriculture as the number one global contributing source to uh, to overall sort of carbon emissions here and it's basically neck and neck between sort of the oil industry and 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 agriculture that does that sound right to you you're you're furrowing your brow a bit uh <laughs> just i'm not entirely sure what you mean like like the the emissions like when you say the fossil fuel industry do you mean the emissions they generate from extraction like the whole way down the line <laughs> yeah so like cars and burning oil in cars and and extraction well, but then that would thing. include agriculture because that's true. That they're, is they're, I mean, if you're talking about burning stuff, then we're, th- that that accounts for every sector's emissions. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, rare, rare plug on my part for uh, a major corporation that is not really all that responsible. But uh, Loblaws, 
Uh, Loblaws has, uh, on, the, on the issue of wasted food, they, uh, not so long ago, just in the last couple of months, they, they've rolled out a new product, which is tragically packaged in more plastic. But they are selling, quote-unquote, misshapen produce. Um, and I forget the brand name, but this is something that's being done in Europe, uh, particularly Germany has done this. And, and, I mean, a lot of food that gets wasted is food that simply doesn't get put on the shelves because it's just not considered aesthetically appealing enough to buy. Oh, my God, that carrot has legs. <laughs> I can't eat that thing. Um, this 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 apple is mottled. Um, yeah, because like our food doesn't look like anything in nature, folks. That should be a real sign that 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 it, it is not quite natural. Mm-hmm. And when you see row upon row upon row or shelf upon shelf upon shelf of like uniformly colored, you know, red peppers, they're all the same perfect shade <laughs> of red. And, and they're all the same shape. And anyway, that's because there's a selection process going on where everything that isn't just perfect and, and sort of, you know, aesthetically monoculture doesn't even make it to the shelves. And I forget the number. I actually printed some articles and that wasn't one of them. But um, some significant portion of food is wasted just because we won't even put it out on the shelves because apparently we won't buy it. Um, uh, and and Loblaws is packaging this under some under some name. They're packaging it in plastic. Point that out to them every time you buy this. But uh, but maybe consider buying it because this is food, and it doesn't need to be wasted. And it entire it improves the 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 uh, fortunes of farmers. It drives down costs because it is there's it, there's just simply more of it now. It, it's not food is less scarce when we can, when we put more of it on the shelves. This is a very good thing. It just doesn't need to be wrapped in plastic. Lot less. <laughs> yeah. The, the final thing here before we, we go to our first uh, music break, I want to throw it on this topic and then we'll, we'll move on uh, down the list when we come back. But um, it was just the idea, too, is that, you know, people will say, uh, I've heard it referred to um, as, as imperfect uh, fruits and veggies, right? The, it, I avoided use, that word, yeah, misshapen. They'll, they'll, use, yeah, uh, they'll yeah. use they'll use language like that. And and the thing I just want to point out to that uh, on that point is that not only is that not my, I don't think that's an, a, a good way to refer to it, is actually inaccurate. It, well, it, it depends what you're referring to. Because if you're grading something on its looks alone, sure, you could <laughs> say that, that this is the an ideal, you know, uh, we've, we've agreed to some sort of ideal look for a fruit and vegetable. But almost in all cases, um, when we're when we're selecting for that, we're selecting a way like the various things we do to ensure that the product looks like that frequently is correlated with things that actually downgrade its its nutritional value. So whether we're talking about uh, uh, using tons of chemicals uh, in the soil, whether we're talking about things that we spray them with, whether we're talking about GMOs, whether we're talking about monocultures, whether we're talking about a whole bunch of things, um, is that we're we're in many cases in many different ways, not all not across the board, but in many cases in many ways, we're we're downgrading the nu- nutritional value while we're quote unquote upgrading its aesthetics. Mm. Um, and so even referring to it as imperfect is it's 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 almost wrong to say that uh to call this sort of perfect unless you qualify you know we're talking about aesthetic only and that there's almost likely a correlation in downgraded nutritional value and if the label said that on all food i think we might have a different system pretty fast <laughs> um but uh that's where we'll leave it for now we're going to go to our fuse music break this one was uh Sent to us uh, by a listener. As I said, if you uh, have a Canadian uh, show, uh, or sorry, a Canadian uh, band or artist you'd like to play, you can uh, you can send it to us. Uh, we did get a tweet from someone whose handle is anonymous. 
one of the 95,000 Twitter users <laughs> whose, whose handle is anonymous, so definitely not the, the official, uh, the anonymous account. Uh, however, he did send in uh, some punk songs, and uh, uh, they're, they are Canadian, and they're, they're politically active, uh, but I do have to apologize to, uh, to him because he, he sent me two artists, and one of them, I tried about six songs, and I'm really sorry. There was just nothing that we could air on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 did my, uh, I did my absolute best here to find something. We did find something that, uh, that can be played, and, uh, and again, if you uh, it, whether or not uh, you uh, you like this song, I thought it was pretty good. It's a it's a little edgy for how we would normally play on on this show here, but uh, it's by uh, the the Rebel Spell, uh, Canadian punk band. And if you like the if you like the music, you can find it linked on the website after the show. Uh, and if you didn't like it, hey, you should send us some uh, Canadian artist that you want to hear on the radio today. So without further ado, this is the Rebel Spell.
right. We're back here listening to The Green Majority. That was uh, Canadian band, The Rebel Spell. Uh, and uh, I personally uh, uh, find sometimes that it's uh, hard to hear the lyrics to uh, punk songs. I, I don't have an ear for it, personally, although I, I, I don't uh, particularly mind it either. Um, but uh, The Rebel Spell and also the other band that was uh, recommended that I was not able to find a playable, arable song from was The Propagandist. Uh, both very politically active, as, as that uh, music genre tends to be. But uh, yeah, if, it, if it's your thing, I would definitely check it out um there's uh, some really um interesting uh, uh lyrics and and content on these uh politically active Canadian punk bands. Uh, so moving on, uh, we're sitting as a reminder, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, The Green Majority. I'm your host, Aaron Kaster. We're sitting in studio. Kevin Farmer is here. Uh, and we're also sitting with our guest, Marcus Hines, today. Uh, Stefan Hostetter is uh, abroad. Enjoying uh, enjoying life, so he'll be uh, he'll be back uh, at some point. Powers of Stefan. Yeah, <laughs> one day one of these days, Kevin and I will get a vacation. We'll just leave Stayho here for the for the whole show. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things here we we talked about some uh, footprint uh, reduction. We've uh, been talking about some food waste. Let's talk a little bit about water pollution. Um, and uh, which is uh, there's two things you sent here. One of them was about water pollution. One of them is drought. Let's yeah. talk about the pollution thing first, sure. um, which was the, the the link again that you sent was uh, to a CNN uh, article that mm-hmm. uh, was talking about uh, cancerous fish in the rivers. And it goes down and interviews some fishermen who, you know, uh, recreationally fish right. um, and then can never eat the fish because they're frequently found. And there's some pretty horrifying pictures of, <laughs> of these giant tumors bigger than the head of the fish that it's on sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, where are you coming in on this? Is the, how high a priority on your on your list of things that you're concerned about environmentally related is is water pollution? Well, I would say it's very high on my list. Probably one or well behind energy is number two, because that could be us, as yeah. in Toronto. That could be us. The Susquehanna the Susquehanna River isn't far from here. It's just in Pennsylvania and New York, and not to mention who knows what's in that water. Um, you know, messing with those fish. And who knows is actually the right comment because a lot of the time these are proprietary chemicals. So exactly. we, like when we're talking about frank, fracking liquid and stuff, we actually can't know some of the things that are being put into this water. Exactly. One thing that's interesting about the geology of the Great Lakes is that there's a couple nuclear plants right on the shore of them. And um, there's also going to be a deep geological repository very soon on the shores of Bruce. If something were to happen there, that could pollute all of our lakes with radioactive waste. Yeah, we had uh, Dr. Gordon Edwards on a couple weeks ago talking about there's, yeah, there's also, there's, they're burying nuclear waste near uh, the Great Lakes. Yeah, there's all yeah, sorts right. of uh, right on the shore, uh, power actually. factors. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, seem, it seems bonkers. It, it seems hard to believe right. uh, that they would be doing this, but... Uh, there we go. Hmm. Uh, but it, so we we have uh, generally, I think this comes down to the sort of topic of uh, industry regulation because almost all of this pollution is uh, is created by people using uh, water resources as a free uh, dumping ground. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, you see California, you see they're trying to reserve the water that they have now, now that it's going. But shouldn't we be doing that as well, even though we don't have any water woes at the moment? Because the Great Lakes are all interconnected. It just takes one little mishap that, you know, blows up a little too big and that seems us. We're we're in the same position. So why would we wait till we're in that position to think about it when we can think about it now and start saving now? And it's uh, and this course obviously connects to the uh, uh, the the drought issue as well, which brings me to one of my favorite uh, 
people to pick on, which is uh, uh, Nestle, or not uh, people, yeah, corporate that, people, which is, <laughs> which is Nestle, of course, oh, who's boy. been, uh, you know, <laughs> bottling California drinking water to sell back to California residents uh. at, a, I'm making up the number, but, you know, it's, a, it's essentially, you know, something like a thousand percent in, uh, markup. Yeah. Um, and, and what's shocking to me is it, a thousand. It, it's you know oh. I mean they're they're buying municipal water sources uh, at pennies on the dollar and then selling it for what wow, buck fifty for a bottle of water right so we're talking about you know, essentially a thousand percent markup yeah. I, I'm I don't actually know that. well let yeah. me let me be clear I don't know I the get the idea. number <laughs> but it's 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 the the factor here is for me the the the, the immediate topic now is not so much the, the markup it's the fact that they're in a state of drought and residents are being asked to limit their water use meanwhile. Corporations are freely pulling from mm-hmm. this and and selling it as a commercial product. True, um, and I think this is just another case like the pollution issue, where you know you, you hear from sort of again uh, the right side of the political spectrum that oh, there's too much regulation and those activist environmentalists. <laughs> it's the needle is so far. There is so little regulation compared to what would actually like protect citizens it's mind-boggling and i and i and i guess i don't I, it must just come down to sort of an ideological thing of, of a combination of just i'm ideologically opposed to government as concept and i'm woefully unaware or i don't believe that corporations would do stuff like this i i, I really i struggle to understand why people are not more concerned about what we do and don't allow giant corporations to do. It's true. Um, it's true. It's really true. It, it boggles me. But yeah, I, I found it a little backward when I was looking at the whole California thing, really, when they were regulating uh, residential water use, but <laughs> not industrial or commercial, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are way uh, a way bigger portion than residential is. We need to look at the entire situation and take it for what it is and go from there. Were you, you were uh, about to jump in there, Kevin? Well, just to get a little off topic, but I mean, <coughs> the um, obviously at some point, <coughs> excuse me, we need to have a sensible discussion about uh, what we used to call corporate citizens, which are now corporate nations, <laughs> and and they are so wildly out of balance with with the rest of us human citizens. Uh, there's just you know you just can't. Uh, you know, everything's a china shop if the elephant's big enough. You know, if the bull is big enough in the room, every everything is a china shop if the bull's big enough to wreck it. And and sure. these corporations are just—they're just out of—they're beyond scale now. Uh, they're out of—they're out of proportion to humans. They're out of proportion to some nations, and they just have—they have rights and powers that exceed both. Um, but to to sort of you know when we're talking about water and, and corporate uh, entitlement, I had a flashback to Detroit where they were. Uh, you know, cutting off water to citizens. Mm. I, I mean, people, they were just cutting off people's water. It, 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 that's a shocking, astonishing development in, you know, one of the richest nation, nations on earth. Uh, meanwhile, um, you know, they, they were not cutting off the water to uh, delinquent corporations that hadn't mm. paid their bill. And they were they were in arrears to the tune of millions of dollars. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're just, you know, p- cutting off the water to, you know, obviously, you know, without a doubt, there, there's th- this issue intersects with poverty and and uh, and racism in in Detroit without a doubt, um, but you know so there's those factors as well. But just writ large, you know we're we're willing to let people go without water, uh, but you know this golf course that owes us like a million dollars in in arrears for not paying their water bill. Ah hell, you know that's fine. And and, and you know while we're on, while I'm on theater of the absurd in California, it wasn't that long ago 
that uh, people were being, while the drought was fully underway, people were being fined by municipalities for not watering their lawns because apparently you can't have a brown lawn. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that, that incurs some kind of fine. So what's the solution to that? Well, at least for some people, it was to paint their grass green. <laughs> so there we go. I've let's, heard of that let's, before. Let's, yeah, let's, let's solve this Yes, but Kevin, we need to look at the entire situation as it is, you know? Yeah, well, sure, the solution, the solution to an obvious sort of environmental screw-up is to start painting uh, grass, you know, because the paint is also yeah. fine. But I, I was also going to say, the, the, dis, sure. the disconnect of from people, the disconnect of people's sensibilities from these issues sometimes just just has me, you know, uh, you know, just going, okay, I give up. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I, I was just going to say, Kevin, I, I, you can probably relax though because I'm I'm extremely confident this is 100% sustainable paint. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's my point. Yeah, it's like sure. Yeah, the solution to this is more of the the solution to the original stupidity about the environment is just more stupidity yeah. about the environment. A lot of people don't think as well, but water is very energy intensive. You know, you have to get it from where it is. You have to purify it. You have to pump it, store it, and then you have to get rid of it back into normally sometimes a lake or whatever source it is. You know, yeah. you have to dispose of it as well. Yeah. Energy all along the way. But at the same point, I think the quality of our water is going up because it used to be just water, and now we get all sorts of free drugs in it, too. Is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're all, everybody in this country probably is on birth control, technically. Dissolve birth control, yeah. <laughs> If you're not on actual estrogen, you're on some estrogen mimic. There you so, go. Uh, I'll, well, you know, and you know, I'm not actually that, really concerned about that because I think if there's one thing that I, uh, North America needs, it's a little bit less testosterone. So. <laughs> oh, sure, but meanwhile, we're 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 demonstrably what they call feminizing fish populations and mm. amphibian populations. Uh, there's evidence to suggest that we're feminizing humans as well. I don't want to uh, go into the exact anatomical measurement, but. <laughs> Um, and it's not the one you might be thinking of. Um, and, and, and without a doubt, for the last few decades, it has been an established medical fact that uh, young girls are entering puberty at an earlier and earlier age. That is and, true. And, and it's like, okay, so among all the other considerations here, you know, we might be fundamentally altering the life experience of, of, of yeah. women on this planet. And, and it, yeah, this, you know, you talk about this free drugs you're you're on a low dose of everything anyone else is taking by now. Uh, you know that's you know heart medication, cancer drugs, yeah. uh, Viagra. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. But the other theory I've heard of that is the hormones that they put in meat. So when you have a very intense diet of meat, you know you're consuming all those hormones as well. Those hormones get into your body. They're doing the same thing that they do to the animals. Which well, yeah. If it's if, if they're pumping them full of synthetic hormones. That's yeah. That's a legitimate concern. There's, uh, there's, there's stuff in there's stuff in meat <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep you up at night, uh, <laughs> knowing about it. Uh, in some cases, literally. Yeah, it, it, it's they, they 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 put they do horrible things to those animals and they oh, put yeah. horrible things into yeah. them. And uh, I I I don't know. I, I suspect the world would be fundamentally different if we all went and picked up our iPhones from the indentured slaves who are making them for us. <laughs> And if we uh, picked up our meat from the factory farm where it's produced, I just, you know, I think we live in cities oh, yeah, and we live definitely. in these wonderful little bubbles of, of a consequence-free life with no environmental impacts. Water comes from taps. Food comes from stores. Garbage, it just disappears from the curbside. Pixies <laughs> conjure it out of existence. And it's like, you know, so we, 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 live, we live in this notion that there are simply no consequences to our actions. And, and yet, meanwhile, there's, there's like tremendous consequences, in some cases, horrific consequences. 
And and I think really, you know, maybe we should just shop for iPhones directly at Foxconn in uh, in in China, <laughs> and we should shop for our meat directly at the factory farm where it's produced. And and then you know, and then we should we should cart each and every bag of garbage we put on the curbside directly to the mind-bogglingly huge landfill full of other garbage. And then maybe we might have you know a different notion of what's going on. But this this little consequence-free bubble we're living in is just like the definition of out of sight, out of mind. We're just simply, you know, we're just, we're trashing this place. All right. So I think, uh, uh, I think we'll go to our, our second or final music break here. We'll come back and switch topics a little bit. Uh, I know Kevin uh, had some ideas prepared. I've also got a few notes about some more stuff we can talk about. Uh, however, I d- I we'll just leave it with the idea that perhaps, you know, if the human species itself had a motto, perhaps it would be out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it there for a minute. But first, uh, Edward, our tech is going to introduce the next music track. What are we going to listen to, Edward? Hi, uh, we got If You Could Read My Mind by Gordon Lightfoot. There we go. Excellent. If you could read my mind, love What a tale my thoughts could tell Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me I will never be set free As long as I'm a ghost You can't see If I could read your mind, love What a tale your thoughts could tell Just like a paperback novel The kind the drugstore sells When you reach the park where the heartaches come, the hero would be me. The heroes often fail. You won't read that book again because the ending's just too hard to take. Like a movie star Who gets burned in a three-way script Into number two A movie queen to play the scene Of bringing all the good things out in me But for now, love, let's be real I never thought I could act this way And I've got to say Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet 
All right, and we are back. You're listening to the Green Majority, and uh, and uh, I asked Edward to find something to uh, spiritually balance out, if you will, energetically balance out the initial song, and I think that was exceptional. I also know Kevin Farmer's a big fan of that tune. Uh, so with that, Kevin Farmer, we're in the final segment. This is known as the uh, uh, Kevin Farmer section, <laughs> yeah. the the Doc Sustainable <laughs> Quarterly. Yeah. Thirdly, third of the show, Lee. Uh, yeah, take yeah, it away. Shut up. It's your lead. <laughs> uh, if, I, if I ever once live up to any hype, just let me know. Um, so some news, some news I wanted to talk about last week that we didn't get to uh, was that Canada finally submitted its emissions, it, it's our emissions targets uh, for the, uh, the, the COP21 Paris climate summit that's coming up. Uh, we were late, um, but it wasn't a real hard target. It was kind of a soft target, and, they, and we, finally, we finally submitted them. And, and uh, the, the conservatives are sort of being roundly criticized for not having ambitious enough targets. But to actually give some credit where credit is due, it seems to me that they are actually setting a very ambitious target of going for a 10th straight year of lying to Canada and the rest of the world about having any intention whatsoever of any taking of ever taking action on climate change. 10 straight years of bald-faced lying to me is a very ambitious target. And I think they can meet that target. I think that is the only climate change target they are ever going to meet. It is that one. And the only way they will break that record is if we vote them into office one more time and they will break it again year after year after year. I and mean, if we give them four more years, four more years from now, we'll be talking about a 14th straight year of lying about having any intention of taking action on climate change. Well, if there's one thing the Conservative Party candidate stands for. It's consistency, Kevin. <laughs> Consistence on this, that's for sure. I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, actually, you know what? I completely take that. Yeah. That's, not, that's not the slightest bit true. But, but, but you know, there you go. And, and, the, and to just, I mean, this news came out. One, the targets are ridiculous. We can't even achieve our Copenhagen targets. We're not going to achieve these. I refuse to crunch another number uh, dealing with anything about the conservatives' uh, policies on, on climate. It's just pointless. They're not going to do this. They are not going to do this. And they are not going to do this. They have the targets are ridiculous. They have no plan. They've set aside no money. It's just this weird aspirational goal that we know is not a goal at all. Uh, Leona Glukak uh, announced this target on the Friday before a long weekend, which is known in journalism as a news dump. That's where you. And I think they mean dump in the bad way. Um, it, it just this is this is how you announce news you don't want anyone to hear, and and especially like that you do that on Fridays, and especially the Friday before a long weekend, and on the very same day, Stephen Harper, who certainly garners more media attention than than Leona Glukak, heard of her? No. Um, he he was he was giving a speech where he could have mentioned this as well and didn't bother. Uh, so there you go. N- enough said. Yeah, and I think it, this is this is a convenient spot for me to do my uh, my t- probably unnecessary, but I like to do it anyway. Reminder uh, of to the listeners of this program all across the country. By the way, thank you very much to our to our syndicates and partners uh, across the country who are who are perhaps listening to the show on on a station other than CIUT. Um, is that <clears throat> we are explicitly. Nonpartisan. There, there, we, we do not stump for anyone on this show. However, when a party basically has made it an official part of their platform to completely plug their ears on several important files that affect all other files, like the environment affects our economic. One way or the other, it affects it. But their, their strategy has been to simply ignore everything into doing the, fire, uh, the, the environment and several other areas as if they do not exist. You are making yourself a, a, a complete joke. And, and so I think that, you know, we're, we're not uh, on the show uh, have any problem with, 
conservative policies with a, with sort of with a small C. I think that's how that works. Um, but the current conservative party has basically just decided that they're going to plug their ears and pretend that giant parts of their job don't exist. And I think that deserves to be ridiculed. If if a conservative party came out that that said, here's a conservative approach to deal with climate change that actually dealt with it, but it was the conservative party way of doing it that stuck to fundamental conservative ideals, but it was this actual plan, all jokes about this would cease. And I would I would actually be thrilled to do that. I welcome the Conservative Party of Canada to present their solutions to these real problems. Uh, but when they're pretending these problems don't exist, then they will simply receive our ridicule. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a card-carrying member of the Green Party of Canada again, and also the communications officer for my local ADA. However, <laughs> if anyone's been listening to this show over the last 10 years, they will know I am not a, a, a partisan ideologue. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've embraced green... green I've, I've embraced uh, you know green policies because I'm informed by the real world and not the other way around. I'm not, I'm not trying to inform the real world with my green ideology. Uh, I've, I live in the real world. I've, 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 I've come by my environmental sensibilities, uh, quite honestly, and, and by, by, through a great deal of information. And I've come by my utter disdain for the conservatives on, on climate change, quite honestly, as well. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, just because you said we're not partisan, technically I am. Well, the, uh, but the you'll show never, you'll, isn't. Yeah, the show isn't. And, and, and frankly, I'm not anyone's sort of apologist uh, on environmental issues by, by, in any conceivable way. Yeah. But I've got to, you know, since you said that, I have to put that little footnote because I, I am now, recently became the communications <laughs> officer of my local ADA. Well, no, but, but I think that's the important point was that if the, if the Conservative Party of Canada came out with a legitimate acknowledgement of actual facts plan to deal with these problems, the, we would be the first people to congratulate them on it. And if the, the Green Party or the NDP or the Liberals came out, or, or I should leave out the Liberals because they already have done this. Um, but if, you know, if any other party that, that we don't, you know, go out of our way to pick on on a regular basis came out with something that just completely disregarded reality, we would also be the first people to point that out, whether it came from the Greens, NDP, uh, Liberals, anybody. It's the, the point here is about are you taking facts into account and do you have a plan to deal with those facts. Well, we'll you know, I personally will will put my two cents in, and Kevin Farmer will put his two cents in, and our, our guests will, and our, our co-hosts will put our two cents in, and about how we maybe feel about those plans. But you have to have a plan. <laughs> there has to you ignoring problems as if they don't exist out is sight, just not taking mind. life re- realistically. Go ahead, Marcus. No, I said out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So if it's not there, you can ignore it, right? Yeah. So I think this would make a great uh, segue, and then uh, I'll, I'll come back to Marcus uh, and Kevin as well to chip in on this. So it'll be a perfect segue to uh, to say that, uh, you know, speaking of federal politics here, as we seem to be, the place that we seem to be wrapping the show up here, uh, is that uh, this morning, I believe the announcement, or, or, or late yesterday, was the announcement that uh, Peter McKay is going to be leaving uh, uh, federal politics entirely. And it, it just occurred to me. It said it just occurred to me when I, when I saw that news. I said, "Man, is this is this a new story or not?" Because I couldn't forget, for I couldn't remember who the other. I remember there was somebody else that stepped down, and I, I was wondering if this was like an update. I was like, "Oh no, no, no! This is this is a new this is a new step down." So I did a quick search, and and Kevin uh, alerted me during the break that I missed someone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to step in with the name that I missed. Uh, we've got Peter McKay. We've got uh, Chris Lloyd uh, who uh, resigned. Um, we've got uh, Jim Prentice who resigned, of course, uh, in probably the least suave way ever. <laughs> um, we've got Eve Adams who crossed the floor away from the conservatives. We've got uh, uh, who is that? Uh, James Lenny. Um, who stepped down f- 
for the most another hilarious reason, which was because he didn't think that the conservative parties were serious enough about uh, because they accepted evolution. Um, so <laughs> anyway, good luck to him. Uh, John Barrett, of course, stepped stepped down, of course, and uh, and uh, something else I included in that sort of category was also uh, Bill Blair, who was I think a lot of people were assuming, or at least there was a strong suspicion that he might, uh, having stepped down as Toronto's uh, police chief, join the conservatives. Um, he instead has has said he's going to be uh, joining uh, the Liberals. Uh, you know that is an entirely other topic we won't go, go into. Uh, and then Kevin's going to remind me the name that I forgot. But it, it, it just sort of made me smile because I was wondering if this was uh, rats fleeing from a sinking ship was the, was the thought that I had. I think it's Diana Blancy is the the one who's missing from that list. And I don't know. You know, people are people are trotting out this rats leaving the sinking ship thing, and, and there might be some truth to that. But I, I there's probably some truth to that. Uh, their fortunes are declining. They, they, you know, they've been trotting out all their big ticket stuff lately and have have seen no payoff in the polls for you know Harper's posturing in in the Middle East and po- posing in front of CF18s and uh, you know the, these budget announcements uh, targeted for his base and whatnot. They're just they're just seeing nothing. Uh, they're, they're just seeing no traction, uh, and and it it seems like the wheels are coming off the cart, and the Duffy trial is underway. And you know, I do see, I do, ex- I do suspect, uh, you know, some of these people are going, all right, <laughs> you know, how invested? It's been a good I, run. Let's yeah, get it. Well, it, my resume still looks shiny. Yeah, how, exactly. How invested <laughs> am I in in this? What what looks to be a very tough slog with worsening outcomes. Uh, but by the same token, I think too, there's this issue: are they leaving the party, or has the party? At, which is now simply Stephen Harper left them, and I think I think I think you know you see these people, they are they 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 you know you see them on current affairs shows, I, which I watch in abundance, and they have been reduced to trained seals. You know, uh, I mean, they have to they have to get out there and parrot the most ridiculous talking points in the that fly in the face of reality, uh, and they won't answer questions. They can't answer questions. They, they're, they're, the control from the PMO uh, is just ridiculous. Like they, they've got all these, you know, I've read, I don't know how many little comments, you know, off the record from uh, MPs saying, you know, you'll say something or whatever, and then you'll get a call from some little 24-year-old from the PMOs, like sort of checking your message and, you know, controlling you to some extent. And it's like, it, people can't put up with that. You know, that's like, that you're being micromanaged and you're being reduced to some trained seal. And, uh, you know, anyone who's ever had the environment portfolio has had to go out and trumpet to the world up is down, black is white, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, they, I don't blame it. Like, that's like the kiss of death, that portfolio. You, you, you really have to go out and portray yourself as some utter fool to, to parrot the, the party line uh, in the face of reality. And, you know, I think, yeah, sure. I think, some, you know, Michael Harris wrote a very fascinating book called Party of One. And so maybe these people are leaving the party and maybe that party of one has left them. Yeah, maybe it's maybe the new, uh, you know, the, how sometimes uh, uh, boxers or, or, or other athletes will have, uh, you know, middle names in, in scare quotes. So maybe it should be Stephen the Party Harper. <laughs> 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 we've got we've got about five minutes left thank you i thought that was good too uh the, well the last thing and of course and and, and the train seals are, are even re- starting to reject being trained of course we had that mini revolt over the the women's health issue of of a bunch of uh, female uh, conservative uh, party members who sort of last minute said yeah no we're not we're not voting against our own interests and and there's we can't on clean conscience even after all the other stuff we've done, yeah, say yes to this. And Michael Chong, who uh, resigned to sit as an independent, and if you want to talk about someone who is a small C conservative who's who's promoting 
really thoughtful policy. His, uh, his um, I forget what it's called now. It's a, a, an electoral reform uh, bill. Uh, uh, darn it. Michael Chung's got an, uh, a private member's bill that might die uh, on sort of, you know, when, when, when uh, parliament uh, dissolves. Uh, darn it! I just can't remember the name of that. But uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a valuable it's a valuable piece of legislation about some some uh, vital political reform in this country. Uh, and it, you know, it, it, sorry, I wish I could remember the name, but check it out and see if there's any way you can sort of support Michael Chong getting this uh, this this uh, this bill passed into law before before Parliament dissolves. All right, we're down to the to, to the last two minutes here, uh, Marcus, and I, I apologize to our guest who's been sitting in the studio here who, who uh, uh, had to sit through a bit of ranting there for the last few minutes of the show. But it, it is tradition. We generally have a, an end-of-show rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I wanted to give you another opportunity uh, to uh, uh, remind people, if they're just tuning in now, uh, where they can learn more about your work and uh, and, uh, and check up. Uh, you do regular uh, blog posts on a number yeah. of, of environment-related issues. If you want to just do a little uh, self-plug there, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. My literature is available on my website, Interscope Inc. Uh, you can just do a Google search for that, and it'll come right up to it. Uh, we'll also be listing all that on the uh, on the website as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a, a couple of articles on there talking about um, you know things like wasting food, uh, driving, and just general tips on how you can reduce your energy use uh, overall, reduce your footprint, and be more mindful of this earth that we live on. Awesome. So we're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place links to all the references that Marcus provided that, uh, that provided most of the, the uh, ideas for the topics we discussed today. Mm-hmm. That'll go on the show post as well as a link to Marcus's website so you can check him out. Yep. Uh, also, just a general shout out to CSI who keeps uh, just by us working yeah, there, keeps uh, helping us uh, meet in- new, interesting, uh, and informed people to, uh, to talk uh, to and to have on the show. So, exactly. Uh, it talks about some of my environmental uh, and mapping projects on there as well. So that's on there as well. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I think the, uh, the the final word for today, I think, should be was that my, my final sort of comment here before we go would be uh, that the, the, the one of the uh, uh, the people who have not uh, uh, fleed the ship yet is, uh, of course, uh, uh, Pierre. I can never pronounce his, uh, his last name, but I, I refer to him Holy as – Polyev, who I refer to as the the slimiest looking person on the planet. If there was a picture in the dictionary next to politician, uh, I think he, his face would have to be there. Actually, I would actually put him ahead of, of Stephen Harper. And I just wonder what is going to happen to the brand when he's the, he's the remaining face next to Stephen Harper that people see. Is the even is anyone even going to be able to stomach that? Uh, I'm sorry, I know you wanted to stick in a comment here, but I, I, I well, you, no, I, we can't insult how people look, especially when anyone knows what I look like. So, uh, <laughs> We'll have to leave on that, unfortunately. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Have a good green week, folks, and we'll see you all real soon.